five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. In this week's podcast, my special guest is David Haidt, the Chief Economist at the Canadian Space Agency. We'll be discussing the recently released report by the agency on the state of the Canadian space sector. While there are some good trends, there are also some issues. Listen in. Welcome, David, to the Space Economy Podcast. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for the invitation. Glad to be here. So... Let's start with, I mean, we're, we're here today to talk about the uh, recent uh, State of the Canadian Space uh, Sector Report that was published uh, that you guys do on an annual basis and that uh, I find fascinating. It's just great to, to go through uh, the numbers. Um, but uh, let, let's just start with an overview. Overview. Just give me a little brief int- introduction onto the actual um, reasoning for the report. And, and what are the takeaways from, from, from this year? Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Mark. I appreciate uh, the invitation. So, uh, yeah, so the State of the Canadian Space Sector Report, as you know, is a report that we've been publishing back since 1996. So we're back in the uh, 23rd edition. So it's based on a questionnaire that we send to organizations in the space sector. So not only companies, but not-for-profit organizations, the academic sector, so a lot of universities. We have over 40 universities that do space research in Canada. Uh, and uh, the 2020 reports, so we're always one year behind, uh, is based on 2019 data. And the information is gathered from 208 organizations. So that's fantastic for a volunteer survey, and it's, that's actually the best response rate we've ever had for the space survey. Um, I want to focus on on what's new. So what's new here uh, this year is uh, questions on gender and return on investment. So we've added that uh, this year and published them. Um, so it, so we're estimating that 28% of people in the Canadian space sector identify as female and 72% identify as male. If we look at return on investment, uh, it revealed that CSA space development programs for every dollar invested, we get $2.5 out return through follow-on revenue. So that's a multiplier of 2.5 times. So that's actually a question that we've been asking for three years now uh, to ensure that, that, we, that we best measure the impact of, uh, of support for the space sector. Uh, additionally, uh, we're happy this year to have a whole new section. This is our biggest report ever. As you've noticed, it's a little longer than usual. We have a collaboration with uh, Statistics Canada, which identified some uh, new indicators related to space in the linkable file environments. Basically, we, we sent them a list of the organizations that we had, and we were able to link up with their uh, administrative data and also with their survey, survey data. So the work revealed that, you know, the average space sector salary is 74,000, which is definitely higher than the Canadian average. When we look at uh, the, the key takeaways, uh, again, uh, focuses on revenues, so 5.5 billion a workforce now of uh, the highest we've seen, 10,541. So almost two thirds, 63% are classified as, as STEM personnel. So uh, highly qualified individuals in the science, technology, engineering management field. The upstream segment, activities related to research and, uh, and manufacturing generated 
uh, almost a billion dollars, so 0.9, and then the downstream segment with SAT ops, uh, products and applications and services, uh, the, re the, the, the bulk of uh, 4.6 billion. Uh, one really bright spot, I think, is we continue to see exports grow. So it grew slightly to 2.3 billion. The US continues to be our most important market. Uh, while exports destined for Asia saw fastest growth at 29%, which is interesting compared to 2018. And overall, I'll just leave you with one last thought. So the space sector contributed two and a half billion to Canada's GDP. So that's value added and uh, supports almost 23,000 uh, jobs uh, across the Canadian economy. All right, that's a, that's a lot of data to, to process. Uh, let me just focus on one follow-up question on that. Uh, with respect to the uh, the multiplier, uh, how has that changed in the last three years? Has it, has it been pretty steady? It, it, yeah, it's been fairly steady. That's a good question. It's actually uh, gone up a little bit. So you're talking about the GDP and the employment multiplier? Yeah, the 2.5. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it used to be, you know, 2.2 and then 2.3. And then also uh, the job has gone up to nearly 23,000. A few years ago, it was about 21,000. So we are seeing... Uh, a bigger impact uh, in Canada resulting from space sector activities. How does that compare to other multipliers for other, I don't know if there's anything relatable in, in the Canadian government? That one, that's a really tough question, Mark. I mean, we, yeah. we, we look at the input output tables from Statistics Canada. We have about nine different industrial codes. I don't want to bore you with all the methodology, but yeah. the bottom line is that it is challenging. But, but it is significant because it looks at the overall impact. So not just the direct jobs, the indirect jobs and the additional consumer spending in the areas. So it's important, you know, uh, decision makers want to know, you know, what, what is the impact that this sector is having? And, and, you know, part of my job as chief economist is really put our best foot forward in terms of here are the areas that we should focus on. All right. So uh, this report also uh, contains something else that's different than past reports and uh, it's a it's a it's a factor of this, the you know the world that we live in right now, uh, and that is uh, the pandemic. You included uh, an additional uh, set of questions for uh, for the pandemic, and uh, looking at the data in in, in the aggregate, it showed uh, which surprised me. I knew there was going to be a negative impact, but uh, the impact certainly appears, from what I can tell, to be uh, you know on the surface of it at the beginning when you first asked these questions in. I suppose it was mid 2020 or something like that, that, yep. uh, that there was going to be a, 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 you know, these companies are saying they were expecting a, a significant uh, impact to, to company revenues. So uh, what can you tell us about that, if anything? And, you know, your report that comes out next year is, you know, are we going to see a big drop in, 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 in revenue? Yeah. Well, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, part of the challenge we had with COVID as well, we did delay the survey. I know, I know you've taken me to task in the past for, <laughs> for being late. We had caught up and, and now, uh, yeah, there was a delay in us launching the survey just to be sensitive to the organizations, you know, earlier on in the pandemic and everything they were going through. I mean, I was mindful that, you know, the, the impact from the pandemic would not show up until the 2020 data. So that's the 2021 survey. So we, there was really um, an appetite to kind of take the pulse of how things were going. So what we saw was from COVID-19 that there was definitely an impact on revenues, on demand, uh, on supply chain. I think what surprised us, and we also in the survey, for those that are interested in the report, we do cut it by size of firm as well. 
because the impact was not the same depending on the size of the firm. I think one bright spot that we, we found was interesting was that uh, employment seemed to have suffered the least in terms of those impacts. And we, we think that's likely due to the, the, the government support programs that were in place for companies at the time uh, that, that made use of those. Um, but you're right. I mean, in terms of what do we expect to see in the 2020 data? Yeah, there will likely uh, be a decline and, and, and that will be published in the, in the next report. But, uh, you know, similar to, to other sectors uh, of the economy. So more on that in the next report. Which will be on time. <laughs> yes. Best efforts. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Um, yeah, I'll just add that uh, in, in, you know, in looking at the impact, um, the smaller the company, the less impact uh, was, was reported. Correct. So, um, okay. So I, another thing that really caught my eye. Was, and if I was, could just touch on that one, Mark, anecdotally, when we talk to companies uh, during existing projects could still keep going on. So for the smaller guys, for the larger companies, I think the challenge was more on, on the business development side. So developing new relationships and new projects. I think, I think that was definitely a, a challenge that we heard in talking to different companies during the pandemic. So before we, uh, one of the other things that caught my eye um, yeah. when looking at um, uh, revenues um, was the distri regional distribution changes, mm -hmm. um, which kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I saw a, a full explanation on it, but, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, the, that was there was that, um, you know, over the last, I think it was over the last five years, yeah, from 2015 to 2019, it's showing that, you know, in terms of regional distribution of revenues, that BC is down 42%, Quebec's down 22%, uh, the prairies are up 42%, no, the prairies are up 42%, uh, and Ontario is, is up 17%. Can you give me some idea what this data means? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Mark, as you know, I mean, the space sector is of a certain size, and when you cut it by region, I mean, small changes can have a big impact regionally. So if we're talking about certain regions where there's, there's, not, there's not a lot of space companies, you know, if, if, the, if there's a bad year for, for one organization, it can really drag the numbers down. So we are aware in terms of the fluctuations by region, when we aggregate it up, there's less of, a, there's less of an impact. So, so no, I would say, you know, if you compare over five years, so if you look at 2015 versus 2019, one thing that uh, has changed, first of all, is uh, RCM has launched. So back in 2015, there was still a significant amount of RCM spending on the EO side. So I, I, uh, I know one of the questions you had was related to EO. So that, that's on that side. Um, and the other uh, common theme that you'll hear from me in terms of the fluctuations is, uh, and this relates to the, the stagnation you see in revenues, we made the decision back in 2014 to include broadcasting revenue. And broadcasting revenues, we're thinking satellite TV, they're in secular decline. So if you actually decouple broadcasting revenues from the rest of space, we're actually seeing a 5.9% growth annually. So in, in, the, in the report, we, 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 do, uh, we do demonstrate and try, and try and decouple the broadcasting component from the other services component. Because I think the idea we had with including Folsom, like all the broadcasting is, you know, if you turn off 
those satellites that are located in space, you will not get those services. But at the same time, we have seen uh, a move away from satellite TV towards uh, land-based services. Right. And I'll just point out for our listeners that uh, um, you can access all the reports on the Canadian Space Agency website. You can access all the reports on uh, SpaceQ, along with uh, our uh, commentary uh, on an annual basis. Um, switching over to uh, the, the work, workforce uh, numbers, um, yeah. they sort of fluctuate, you know, uh, I know that, you know, being involved in this long enough that they have increased over the years. Uh, you know, from I remember that you know they were out eight thousand, six thousand, and now uh, I believe the number is a little over ten thousand. So the numbers have, have gone up. But one of the th interesting things that I did find, especially in this last year, is that uh, there was um, uh, a pretty good gain on the academia side. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're correct. You hit the nail on the head in terms of academia was the most significant factor in terms of the jobs number this year. As I mentioned earlier, over 40 universities involved in space research. It was uh, closer to 30 when I first started six years ago. So um, yeah, I think there's a renewed interest in terms of uh, space research in, in academia and we're, we're, we're seeing more take up there. So there's ex exciting things happening in space, Mark, you know, on the science side, when we look at uh, James Webb's telescope was a great Christmas present, right? And, and some of the initial images that we're seeing there are just, just mind-blowing. So I just can't wait to see. Well, I know some uh, people who are, who are pretty much saying it's a miracle. It, it got to where, you know, it's, it's, it's orbit because it was so complicated. It was. I, I forget the number of steps I was told. It was something like 83 different steps. But it was like, yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot of fingers crossed. But, I mean, amazing. Just, just, just fantastic. When I think about the images that Hubble is still taking, right? I just hold my breath at, at what James Webb will be able to, uh, to bring back to us. So, I mean, I think the primary reason that we're seeing a bit of flattening in the jobs, again, there's the RCM spending that's, that, that kind of came down a bit if we're looking the last couple of years, right? Because now, now those three birds have launched. If we're also looking at lower revenues in broadcasting, so that's kind of obscured things. But I agree, it's generally positive that we're seeing um, holding fairly constant, but actually growing. And I think given government spending commitments related to Lunar Gateway, so in budget 2019, it was confirmed that $1.9 billion would be spent for the Lunar Gateway. The announcement for you know, the first phase of CanadaArm3 uh, came out recently. So expecting that, you know, that, that growth uh, will continue and there's still a significant in investment and exciting things to come. Um, but at the same time, as we meant, uh, we discussed earlier, I think COVID-19 obviously uh, had a dampening effect on the sector. And I to see that in the numbers too. Now, you said that uh, you made the decision several years ago um, to bring in broadcasting revenue as part of the picture. Mm -hmm. um, so when we look at the satellite communication uh, you know, numbers, um, it's not a surprise that they're down if broadcast mm -hmm. is, uh, is come in and, and those revenues are going down. Do you see that uh, those numbers uh, changing, uh, maybe going uh, in the right direction uh, as these new constellations, uh, communication constellations come up from like from Telesat and, and from Kepler? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so like I said, you, you know, if, if 
if we take out broadcasting uh, over the last five years, it's been you know almost six percent growth annually, um, and uh, and definitely see some bright spots in terms of constellation operations. So very excited to see you know Telesat and Kepler playing a leadership role, and and are expecting to see uh, those 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 revenues grow. So um, let's switch over to another sector, which is uh, Earth observation. Um, which, uh, as everybody should know now, uh, is uh, really important. Um, and, um, you know, the numbers uh, took me a little bit by surprise. Uh, mm-hmm. Earth observation revenues were actually down. Um, and over the five-year period, they were down 41%. Why? Why? What contributed to that? So, I mean, overall, if we look at the Earth observation Globally, it's a fairly small sector. It's pretty pretty niche, right? Like, so we're talking about, especially if we're talking about synthetic aperture uh, radar. So, in terms of the Canadian situation, again, I think it's the the years we pick, 2015 and 2019, because there was a big ramp up on RCM spending before those were launched. Uh, I think is basically the the, the main one. Um, the other issue uh, I would point to, and, and to be honest with you, Mark, we have some challenges when it comes to measuring companies in the EO space, um, less so on the upstream. The upstream's fine. It's more in the downstream. So as we go further downstream and we look at applications and products and services that are developed with EO data, sometimes it's not the only data. They're using different sources of data and they don't necessarily see themselves as a space company. Therefore, they don't see the need to necessarily answer a space sector survey, right? So I, 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 I liken it to, uh, you know, a colleague of mine said, you know, every company uses IT, but that doesn't make every company an IT company, right? And it's a bit like that in terms of space inside. So there are uh, EO, we know EO is, used, is being used more and more. We know it's important in research in academia, and we know there's a burgeoning commercial sector, but at the same time, um, there are some challenges in reaching all the organizations that use it. All right, so let's take a look at the really big picture now, overall revenues. So the Canadian space sector generated 5.5 billion uh, in revenues in in 2019, down uh, 3.2%. And that's at a time when global revenues are actually trending upward. Uh, more troubling uh, than that, because the revenues have been relatively flat, but a little bit more troubling in that is the breakdown between domestic and export. And as you said earlier in the podcast, export uh, revenues are trending upward, which is great, but domestic revenues, uh, you know, keep going down year over year. So um, what's going on with this here? And is part of the domestic revenue problem uh, that the government isn't uh, as much as a customer as it used to be. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, Mark, but the broadcasting revenues are domestic revenues, and those are the ones that are going down. Um, and the export revenues are really the bright spot that we're seeing. So our companies are continuing to export more and more. Uh, I remember when I first started, I think it was just under $2 billion a year, and now we're at 2.3. So I think that's a real bright spot. I mean, the other thing I'd like to point out is, you know, Canada is a mature space market and we're a small market. I mean, in terms of population as well, too. 
So I think there's definitely, you know, opportunities there. Um, and, and I get excited when I, when I look at all the new space activities uh, that are happening in the world. I mean, Canada is one of the leaders when it comes to new space, along with the US and UK. And having these companies that are, you know, with different business models um, that, are, that are launching assets into space and, you know, new ideas. And, and so, you know, I think, I think that, um, the, that these technologies will support further domestic growth. So, so I'm hopeful that uh, I'll grow in the short term. And no thoughts on government as a customer? I mean, government, uh, we do have a significant, uh, uh, you know, we do play a significant role. If I look at, I'm going back to Lunar Gateway, 1.9 billion uh, to build Canada Arm 3, you know, is significant. We have Radar Constellation mission. What's coming next is, is, still, uh, is still in discussion. So I think there are some ideas in terms of uh, Earth observation and service continuity. And, and we have actually... Uh, uh, a satellite EO uh, a strategy that was actually uh, just published, you know, a few months ago. So there's a lot of views in terms of there, and that was put together with 17 other government departments. So we're, you know, rallying the troops, giving some thought to that in terms of what comes next. And I'll just add that um, we just published today uh, a story on a tender from the CSA on um, uh, the request for a study on the socioeconomic benefits of the Arctic observing uh, mission. Yeah, I know about that one. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, so that that's uh, definitely in the EO side of things, and 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 Arctic and, and the rest of it. So, that's a, yes. that's a good thing. So, uh, I suppose uh, my last question is on R and D spending. Um, how are Canadian organizations doing? Um, are they doing enough? Yeah. Well, so. You're ending on a high point, Mark, because we're doing very well. And, you know, as you know, and cited in the report, space manufacturing R&D is 13 times more R&D intensive than the Canadian manufacturing average. So innovation and R&D is the bread and butter of the space sector. We're talking about cutting edge technology. We're talking about exciting new technologies that, that, that are leading the pack. Um, you know, when I talk to colleagues at NASA, they talk to me about uh, you know, technologies that came out of, of the U.S. space program, uh, microprocessors, computers, what's in all of our smartphones and laptops that we're using right now initially came out of the space program. We're talking about lithium ion batteries, which are also ubiquitous in our smartphones. That came out of the U.S. space program. So it's exciting to see these cutting edge technologies and, and, and being a part of that. So the R&D is really high. So it's increased by 5%. Almost 400 million, 376 million in R&D spending, and for the size of our sector, that is incredible. We're also seeing uh, further commercialization revenues, and that is something that we capture in our survey. So, in terms of the, you know uh, the, the technology development programs that we fund, we ask them what is the commercialization revenue that came out of that, the spillover effect, the over and above, which is which is near and dear to us. Lastly, I'm just going to touch on, you know, in the report in 2019, space sector organizations reported 244 inventions and 66 patents, which is, which is significant and which is pushing the boundaries of knowledge. All right. Uh, so was that your last thought or, or is there anything that I've, I mean, we, we had a short time, so we couldn't really get into all the numbers, but is there anything that really stands out to you that, uh, uh, that, that you want to get across? 
I think I'd ha I've, I've, I've gotten, gotten across the key points, Mark. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I mean, I, the, the issue in terms of that the space sector is growing if we take out the broadcasting portion um, and exports is definitely a revenue, uh, an area of growth that we, uh, we are going to continue uh, to see. And, and it's a dynamic industry. We're seeing a lot of new organizations come into the, the space sector and exciting to be a part of. So thank you for your time. All right. So we'll leave it at that and we'll follow up with you uh, at some point to see how the state of the space sector is doing in Canada in the future. Sounds good. Happy to join you again. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Your feedback is very much appreciated. You can send us a comment or a guest recommendation to podcast at spaceq.ca. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at The Economy Space. And you can also support the podcast by writing a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. Until next time.